Pastor Ray Bentley with insights on prophecy by way of Jesus' curse of a fig tree. Jesus never performed miracles for the sake of showing he had the power to perform miracles. There was always a reason for everything he did. This fig tree has great significance. It was actually a warning about Jerusalem. It was a warning about Israel as a nation at this particular time. Spread the news All of his people come and bow before the King Lift your voice Jesus is coming Join the song Sing along Let it ring Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The Bible is full of surprising stories that capture our attention. Why would Jesus curse a fig tree so it would never produce fruit again? We could shrug our shoulders and keep reading, but today Pastor Ray helps us pause and look at what that account really reveals. We'll see there's prophetic insight in the story. Luke chapter 21. Now, you know, there's the four Gospels, and, and uh, it's kind of the Gospels in stereo, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every once in a while, you, you need to, you know, one will, for one reason or another, leave a little detail out, or you might say that another one added another detail. We have a sign, kind of a major sign of the times, the fig tree, or the parable of the fig tree. And there's something that Jesus wants us to know related to that fig tree. And then there's a second admonition that not only is there something to know, but there is something we need to watch for. And that really has to do with how we live our lives. Since all of these things are true, how then should we be living? But there's a little story that uh, at this particular, you know, toward the, the, the end here of Jesus' earthly ministry, before he went to the cross, and gave this parable, the Olivet Discourse, this parable of the fig tree, there's another incident that Matthew records, Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 and 19. And uh, so let me read this to you and then talk about it. It's, if you have read the Gospels, remember that time Jesus walked by a fig tree and there were no uh, figs and he ends up cursing that fig tree. And that's caused a lot of people some confusion. Uh, but we're going we're to tie that in a little bit. So Matthew 21, verse 18 and 19. It says, Now in the morning, as he, Jesus, returned to the city, he was hungry. <laughs> I love that because Jesus can identify with us as human beings on the most simple basic level. And he got hungry and he wanted food. And how many of you like to enjoy eating? You like food, huh? It's good, isn't it? Do you know that we, it's not like some people have this super, what I call hyper spiritual view of heaven. We get to heaven and we're all like ghosts and we, we're like floating little spiritual blobs that go around. There's no substance to it. And people have, you know, some you know, person said, it's like heaven is going to be an eternal church service. Boring. You know, it's like, what do we do? Sit on clouds? We play harps? No, 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 no. Uh, there is a, a substance to it, a reality to it. And, uh, one of the things I guarantee you that we will be doing in the kingdom come is we're going to be eating food, best food you've ever had in your life. In fact, the very first thing that happens when the church is raptured up into heaven is called the marriage supper of the lamb. Is that awesome? The marriage supper of the lamb. And they're going to bring out, the, the angels are going to be the waiters. <laughs> 
How cool is that? And they're gonna bring to us one of the things you're gonna get to eat. Have you ever wondered what it was like for the children of Israel to be out in the desert? Let's say a million and a half of them, they can't, they're in the desert and they have no food. You've got old people, little babies, everything in between. And God rains angels' food, it's called, manna, which in Hebrew means, what is it? Because it, it looked kind of funny to them. But it was angels' food, and it, and it was kind of, you know, uh, like a little piece of bread with some sweet honey on it. Well, anyway, the, the children of Israel got to eat that. You and I will be served, it says the hidden manna is one of the dishes that will be served for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Is that cool? You get to eat some angel's food, you get to eat a little bit of manna, a little bit of what is it? So, um, I digress, but I just noticed that as Jesus returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. And immediately the fig tree withered away. So Jesus curses it one day and it, it begins withering immediately and by the next day it's withered and gone and, and dried up. Now there are some who complain about Jesus um, because in another passage it says it wasn't even the uh, time for figs. It wasn't the season for figs. So it seems kind of harsh of Jesus to come to a fig tree that's not even supposed to be producing figs and go, hey, you didn't give me figs, so I curse you. Now, let me just say, Jesus was not showing off his miraculous power to be able to you know, curse fig trees and make them wither. Jesus never performed miracles for the sake of showing he had the power to perform miracles. There was always a reason for everything he did. Amen? Does that make sense? Every time he did something, there was a reason. This fig tree has great symbolic significance. And um, it was actually a warning about Jerusalem. It was a warning about Israel as a nation at this particular time. Now, as I mentioned here in your notes in the Bible, the fig tree is a symbol of the peace and the prosperity of the Messianic age. Now, it is also used in the Old Testament as a symbol, one of the symbols for the nation Israel. Hosea chapter nine, verse 10 is one reference. Jeremiah chapter 24, Jeremiah saw uh, two baskets of figs and, and one is good and the other is not. Now what is this? And he says, this is Israel. And God goes on to explain a very interesting prophetic vision there. But the point is that figs are used as a symbol for the nation of Israel. Now, Having read that, read with me now Luke chapter 21, beginning in verse 29. It says, then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, there's a couple of things in here. First of all, uh, you, you have this fig tree as the parable. And, and as it, we just mentioned, it's symbolic of the nation of Israel. Because of their, they've already, the leadership of Israel has already decided to kill Jesus. 
They're only arguing, you know, can we do it before the Passover or should we wait till afterwards? They're debating on when to do it. And Jesus, who is in control of the whole situation, says, no, it's not on your timetable. I am come at the will of my Father. It will happen on Passover at the exact right time because he is the Passover lamb. And as a result of that rejection, God already foreknew what was going to happen. And as a result, though, the judgment would come upon uh, the city of Jerusalem in 70 AD. The Romans would come in. That would be destroyed. The temple would be torn down. And Israel would lose its entire national statehood. And the Jews would then be scattered or dispersed from that little tiny country in Israel, literally through the four winds, north, south, east, and west, to the ends of the earth for the next 2,000 years. So as Jesus was going by and making his way, there's a fig tree. Well, all of the Jews then would know, ah, the fig tree has a deeper significance. Now he also mentions though, because as we talk for a moment about the parable of the fig tree, Israel being a sign or a symbol, and you know, Jesus talking about in Matthew 24, he says the parable of the fig tree, when its branches begin to bud forth, and it begins to bear leaves, then you know that summer is near. This generation shall not pass till all these things come to pass. Well, the fig tree blossoming again. So here it's cursed, and then Matthew 24, he talks about it blossoming again, speaks, I believe, of the rebirth of Israel, the resurrection of Israel that we talk a lot about. In 1948, that was the, the fig tree that was cursed, now begins to blossom. And Jesus saying, now you know you're really close. We saw that the sign that the end of the age has begun is when nation rises against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And that started with World War I, which led to World War II, which then led to the rebirth of Israel in May 14, 1948. Now there are some that will come and they'll say, yeah, but wait a second, he says, yeah, the fig tree and all the trees. So he's just kind of blending it in with all the trees. No, in the parable, when he says the fig tree, he singles out of all the trees, the fig tree. And then he adds, and all the trees, the principle is that springtime, in the springtime, that's when all the trees begin to bud and blossom. And even here in San Diego, in my, at my house, I've got about a dozen orange trees. And as the weather's coming out of winter and going into spring, my orange trees are full, I mean, literally covered with all of the most beautiful, these white blossoms that come on the orange trees. And this powerful, strong fragrance uh, just blasts you because there's a wind that comes and it's like all the orange trees are blossoming and the tangerine tree and, and the lemon tree that we have, it's all blossoming. So from all of the trees, just like an orange tree, what do you know when you see them budding and blossoming? You know it's spring. And if you know that spring has come, you know that what's right around the corner is summer. So by Jesus using kind of the fig tree and all of the trees, he's saying that as you see these things begin to happen, you know that it's near. But in the midst of the trees, he does single out of all, you know, the principle that spring is a sign that summer is coming very soon and next. Out of all the trees, he singles out the fig tree. And the fig tree has tremendous, deep prophetic significance. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
Pastor Ray's messages reach so many each day, and we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the world. I tuned in from England and was able to witness Daniel Bentley's anointing as pastor. What a legacy Pastor Ray left. Well done in raising up a son such as this. Pastor Daniel is continuing the work the Lord gave Ray decades ago. We watched Daniel preach following the anointing, and there is no doubt whatsoever the Lord's hand is on him. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio. If you'd like to write a message, send an email to ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Zechariah chapter 3 verse 10 is in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. This is a prophetic uh, picture that in the kingdom age, the millennial age, everybody has his own vine. The vine creates shade and shelter from the heat of the sun and uh, grapes provide wine and the fig tree provides food. Uh, prophetically, talking about every man under his vine and his fig tree was a prophetic way of saying that when the kingdom age comes, everyone will have everything that they need. So Jesus, now coming to this tree and cursing this fig tree, if it has that national, symbolic, deeper meaning of Israel, it was a deliberate sign on Jesus' part to say the messianic age which everybody was all hyped up and excited about, has not come yet. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came and when he was on the earth, that he was to be rejected, he was to be betrayed, he was to be crucified and then buried, then rise on the third day and then ascend into heaven and then the church age for nearly 2,000 years. What he was sending a signal, at least to the disciples who would then later would reflect back on it, many of them thought the kingdom, the messianic age was gonna start right away. And the lion will lie down with the lamb and there'll be no hurt or harm in all of my holy mountain and it'll be, it'll be awesome. But Jesus is saying, no, that's not gonna happen now. The kingdom of heaven will be within you by the Holy Spirit to those who have faith and those who receive Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But the messianic age has not come yet. But even in the midst of that, he says, but when the fig tree begins to blossom or bud forth, okay, so now he's saying for this generation, not gonna happen, but in the future, when you see nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom and World War I followed right on its heels with World War II, and then in 1948, three years after the end of World War II, and after Hitler killed six million Jews. Can you fathom, I can't even wrap my mind around six million people being holocausted. It's just too much, I can't imagine it. Where his goal and his desire was to destroy every living Jew. He wanted dead, man, woman, boy, girl, baby, old man, old woman. He wanted every Jew dead. He's, and in one place said, I want the blood and the guts of every Jew on the face of the earth running through the gutters of the streets. And he killed, you know, six million of them. 
Who in their wildest dreams would have ever imagined as World War II and finally we go in with the victory, the allies, and discover these death camps and these poor people that survived the Holocaust and the horror of what had happened? Who in their right mind would have ever dreamed or been able to predict, you know, three years from now, what the Jews have not had for 2,000 years, they're going to have their own Jewish state in their original homeland where Jesus himself walked the streets of Jerusalem and did miracles. <laughs> no one would have ever been able to dream that. Ezekiel chapter 36 and 37, the prophet Ezekiel talks about this prophecy about the reviving of the bones of Israel and the way he describes it. If you haven't read Ezekiel 36 and 37, I encourage you. The way he describes it, out of your graves, when you said we are dried up and our bones are white and bleached, and yet I will cause the bones to come together, and then the muscles and the tendons and then flesh, and then I'll give you a soul and I'll stand you up. And we don't even have to guess what this vision meant, the valley of dry bones. God says specifically, this is the whole house of Israel that I will resurrect. I mean, this is just, we have seen not only the sign of the end of the age with World War I and World War II, but then the rebirth of Israel, Ezekiel's prophecy of the dry bones coming to life before the eyes of the entire world. The nation, the fig tree, is blossoming and budding, and the fragrance of that is spreading around the world. And God is pouring out his spirit without measure around the world. Now, Jesus says something very interesting. Know this. He says, I want you to know this. Know from the parable of the fig tree. Know that I am doing this when Israel is regathered. When the bones that were dead are resurrected and come alive. When the nation that was not now exists. And one of the prophets asked a question, can a nation be born in a day? Well, in ancient history it couldn't. But in modern times, in 1948, it was done in one day. And May 14th, 1948, they declared the state of Israel. The UN had made a resolution, two-thirds majority had said yes. Their hearts and consciences had been pricked because of the horror of the Holocaust. And it's just incredible. Jesus now says, know this, when you see all of the trees blossoming, you know that summer is coming. And my, so when you see these things begin to happen, know that my coming is near even at the door, and then let me single out the fig tree, hello, that should be sending blinking lights to anybody who knows the Bible. When Israel begins to blossom and bud forth, know this, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. Now, the word generation is a very interesting one because then, you know, you start saying, oh, wow, this generation, the generation that sees the blossoming and the budding and the rebirth of Israel is the generation that will see all these things come to pass. What does this mean? The word generation can mean a national or ethnic group. In other words, it could be that God is saying this, not just this generation as we think of it, but this people, the Jewish people, will be preserved or not pass away, even though they don't have a homeland, until all these things be fulfilled. And that could be one possible meaning or interpretation. And, and if, if you've known history or followed people, uh, if people lose their homeland, they kind of disappear after so many 
hundreds of years, they just kind of evaporate or they go into or commingle or marry into and kind of become part of something else. But God said that I will keep the Jewish identity, even though they don't have a land and even though they don't have a home, wherever they go around the world, even if it's 2,000 years, they will retain their identity. So in that sense, that prophecy has been fulfilled. And it is a miracle that people without a homeland for thousands of years could maintain their ethnic identity. It is absolutely unprecedented in history. How many of you have met recently a Hittite? Has anybody met any Hittites? Have you read about them in the Bible? What happened to them? They lost their homeland and they disappeared. There are no Hittites. Uh, They're gone. (laughs) But how many of you know or have met a Jewish person? How did they do that? God did it. And in many ways, the Jews wanted to hide and kind of disappear or even lose their identity as often as they could. And ironically, Hitler is the one that almost you know, stigmatized them with his little yellow star and all the rest. He goes, I don't care if you're in Austria, you're still a Jew. I don't care if you're in France, you're still a Jew. You know, when they would try to go, well, we're French. Yeah, but you're still Jewish too. God has preserved his Jewish people and brought them back. And this lets us know the time of the end is drawing near. Now, obvious question. That's one meaning of generation, but generation has another meaning. Generation is like when a particular people is born and then when that particular generation dies off. Uh, How many of you have heard of the baby boom generation? You know, and then the X generation, the Y generation, and on it goes. So how long then is a generation? Jesus says this generation that sees this miracle, this super sign, the blossoming, the fulfillment, or at least the beginnings of the fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecy. Um, How long is the generation and when does it start? Let me give you the answer. Do you have your pen? Do you have your pencil? I'm gonna give you the answer to the question, how long is the generation? Are you ready? I don't know. (laughs) A generation can be 20 years. It can be 40 years. Remember the generation that was in the wilderness and wandered around for 40 years and God kind of judged them and they had a short generation, 40 years and they were gone. It can be 70 years, it could be 80 years. In the days of Abraham, it was 100 years. The children, Abraham, your descendants will be down in the land of Egypt for four generations. Well, they were there a little over 400 years, so it was about 100 years. So I, I don't know exactly how long it is. Yet Jesus is referring to the generation that would be alive, I believe, on the earth at the time all of these things are taking place. And he doesn't want to get you know, too defined on that, but he does want us to be able to say it's near. <laughs> and there is no people alive uh, like this generation. We have never been near the coming again of Jesus Christ to the earth than we are right now. Amen? We are there. And and no one has ever been closer than we are tonight. Pastor Ray Bentley with exciting insights into Bible prophecy and how close we may be to the coming of Christ. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. And today's study is titled Know and Watch. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo. 
three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.